0: Hello, all our boggies out there. This what is Daryl and Aaron. Welcome to episode 31 of Your Brain on God. God God, God. God, 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 God. This is part two of our love series. In this episode, we are talking about how God is love, how we receive the love of God, and how we return the love that God has given us. Mm. Enjoy the episode.
1: Yo, it's part two, baby. We talking about love. Love sweet 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 love sweet 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 sweet. there's never been a sweeter love than the love we're about to talk about today ever ever all of our boggies out there we're so excited that you're with us no sweeter love no sweeter love than your brain on god (laughs) should be your brain on love Mm. My sweet baby Jesus, eight pound 11 ounce. That's a big baby Jesus. Big Is baby that a big baby? Jesus. I'm not really sure how maybe big babies are. I maybe on the bigger of the
0: average size but not bigger. <laughs> I don't think it's like a big. that's probably that's probably a, a decent size. That's a big
1: moderate baby Jesus. My sister was a big baby. Yeah,
0: growing up, she was always no. Just kidding. <laughs> she she was born like emotionally, or she was just a big baby. No, I think she was twelve pounds when she was born. She
1: was not twelve Bro, pounds, Daryl. No,
0: listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron, listen to me.
1: There's absolutely no way she was twelve pounds. Bro, that would ruin no, your mother. No,
0: to this. And my mom had to tell the doctors my baby needs to come out. They said, "No, you're not due yet." She was 12 pounds? And my, yeah, my mom had, that was, well, Brittany was my mom's seventh baby. And by then she just knew, you know, she was, she had the baby growth down <laughs> <laughs> and she
1: knew that she was you Your mom ready. was built different to have seven and she, kids oh, and the last dude. one being 12 pounds? No, it's true.
0: Yeah. Brittany, my sister, she was like, she was already having bowel movements when she was born.
1: What does that mean? <laughs> what? what you, you don't even, have you don't
0: bowel po- movements when you're, when you're in the womb. Wait, What? Oh, well, obviously. Oh, wait. In the womb, she was pooping in the she, womb. She had bowel movements in the, in the womb because she was so, like, she was ready to go. What,
1: what does that mean, though? She's going to the bathroom inside? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, really. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> it means that whenever she
0: was born, there was, like, fecal matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the one who keeps
1: asking me. You I'm keep not, saying what does this mean? You you're <laughs> the then one you that brought want up to talk the about it. movements. I just said that's a big baby and you said, "Yeah, she was so big, she would start pooping in the womb." That's what you said. <laughs> that's to emphasize how, how big she was. <laughs> Okay, but let me just put some, let me get something straight, okay? Or let me put something straight for you, all right? It's that that wouldn't naturally just, like, let me know how big she was by you telling me how, how much bowel movement she had. But it would tell you that she was very developed. Do you regularly see how many bowel movements people have and think, that must be a big person? <laughs> no. Like, if you poop a lot, that the, naturally means that you're the, big? Just in the progression of baby development.
0: <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't know how true it is that babies start giving... I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I'm just well, telling you what I remember hearing as a kid, man. It's crazy. I know. It was crazy to me then. It's crazy to me now. That's crazy, <laughs> man. That is 12-pound babies. But she was a big baby. That Yeah. You look at what her... What about and emotionally? If you saw her, you would know that she was a big baby.
1: <laughs> well... I would imagine. That, why are you speaking such <laughs> obvious things? <laughs> you would know that she was big by the way that she was. Yes, That's exactly. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying the pictures and when she was little. Okay. Anyways, we've talked about this. <laughs> we talked enough. about
1: this far too long. We got to get into love. Get into love. I love my little sister. <laughs> yeah. I do. I love. Really I love. love, my I love um, what do I love? I love music. I love music. Mm. something about music you know
0: yeah totally do you love traveling i love uh, it depends i love uh exploring i love exploring more than i love traveling <laughs> but if the traveling involves exploring i love it you know what i mean somebody out there knows what i'm talking about <laughs>
1: I don't really like to travel, I just like to explore. <laughs> it's, it's not the, so much the traveling, it's the journey for me. Exactly. <laughs> yes, you get it. <laughs> wow. It is. I love that. I love the. I love the journey I, of I, discovery. I bet Jesus loved to travel. Dirty, you think he'd love to travel? Would you just say dirty? <laughs> Wait, no. I meant <laughs> I didn't mean to say dirty. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying jesus probably i don't know he walked around maybe the walk. i was trying to say do you really and i ended up saying dirty mm. yeah yeah jesus maybe maybe man anyway we're trying to talk about jesus love the love the sweet of sweet jesus. love of Jesus. biblical love biblical love part two love series get it daryl part two
0: love series we were talking about the biblical perspective of love. Of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, look to scriptures. I know last well, last week we talked about love in a general sense. Yeah. Uh, we talked about different words for love in different languages and how broadening our understanding of love can actually change the way that we uh, receive love and love others. It changes the way that we uh, we go about loving because we see love in a different light. Right. And understanding uh, understanding in a different perspective kind of helps us do that. And so we talked about love in a in a broader sense and giving some definitions. We talked about uh, some Greek words. Yeah. That were are pretty cool. We talked storge. about storge.
1: Familial love.
0: Mhm. We talked about phileo, brotherly affection. We talked about eros, erotic love. And we talked about agape. Self-giving, uh, sacrificial love. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. And, uh, with agape kind of being, mm-hmm. being the, the goal.
1: And agape it leads into what we're talking about today. Cause agape mm-hmm. is like, it is the, it is the dream team I I want I just wanted to make an analogy. I don't know. It's it's like the highest of love. Like whenever it's talking about like the love of God or God is love, which is actually a crazy verse that we're going to go into. But whenever it's talking about how we should love one another in the Bible, for the most part, I would say most of the New Testament when it's talking about love, loving each other, loving God, being loved by God, it uses that word agape. Uh-huh. Agape. But the Hebrew... I would say maybe even version of agape love that's used in the bible is called ahava 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 and ahava is a, a super interesting uh a super interesting word um basically it's used in like a bunch of broad contexts so ahava is like it's not like uh, as specific as like agape, phileo, eros, Mm -hmm. uh, storge. It's kind of like an an overview, but basically it's the word in the Old Testament that's used for the way that God chooses us. He chooses us because he loves us, which is really cool. And it has to do with his character. So the love of God in the Old Testament has to do with his character, much like the New Testament, it has to do with his character. It is He is everlasting and his love is everlasting yeah his 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 aha va is everlasting and something that's cool about it is it's not just like a, a a duty that he has towards us or something like it's not like a it's not a pesterance to him to have to love us thank god right thank you lord'm I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about anger, right It's not yeah. a pesterance to him to have to love. it's right. actually something that he he willingly does and it's it's directly tied actually into what he does like what does god do in the old testament he ahavas yeah
0: and it 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 carries a connotation of 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 affection as well of that of an actual feeling but not just the feeling but a feeling and action together right and uh the in the shema the the old prayer of hero israel Love the Lord your God, or the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength.
1: And the Shema is like the basically the crux of the Old Testament for the Jewish people.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean Jesus gave reference that scripture and he said, "What's the most important commandment?" Right. He said, "You should love the Lord your God with all your heart." He mentioned soul. the Shema, which is Deuteronomy yeah. six, and that word, "Love the Lord your God," is that same word, "Ahava." Yeah. It's we love God with the same love that he has towards us.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And it's not just a duty, you know, like this religious thing that we have to do, Or, uh, mm-hmm. but it's something that we actually experience, we feel, and we give back because right. we want to. And it's a, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's cool thinking about the effect because God's love for his people then calls his people to love in the way that he does.
1: Right, it's a responsive type of love.
0: Yeah, and it's... uh Loving God in and, mm-hmm. and through our old the Old Testament when it talks about ahava and the, the the laws and the scriptures, the love of God it compels people to love others, and that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that that is shown that we love God is how we actually love the other people right and uh yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of an equivalent I think maybe I don't I don't know it it feels broad in the sense of we use the word love
1: right, right, right broadly,
0: but I don't think it would be used as flippantly as we use the word love no 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 no, no but no. it can talk about. The what, like between friends, between uh, family, mm. between uh, even like the David, King David and mm-hmm. his love for the people and the people's love for King David, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Mm. So like Jonathan and David, they were best buddies. And mm-hmm. it was like Jonathan. I think it says uh, Jonathan loved David as himself. Yeah. yeah you know, it's I it just read that. Ahavad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just read that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that's the only time that I can think of it actually In the saying Old Testament.
1: somebody doing that loving somebody as himself yeah no i (laughs) I, I, I was just the first time
0: it shows up it's like it's right there like actually it it shows up as a command right like love your neighbor as you as you love yourself right but it showed up in jonathan right you know that's the first time we see in a person and it's in him. Defending David and standing up for him and protecting him, willingly going against somebody who's kind of crazy
1: and right. even tried to kill him. Right, right, right. For standing up for him. Yeah, even even going against what even like that culture or, or maybe the, the society would say was right, which is like to obey the king, <laughs> you know, like which right. is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, the king tried to kill him. And that was his own dad. That was and his own dad. His like, dad threw a spear at him for standing <laughs> up for David. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So they're trying to, but I think that's a, an important distinction too. this responsive type of love, this aha love, cause we mm-hmm. talked about, it, it's not a duty, right? So it's not like, um, I think that, and we talked about it a little in the, in the last episode about need love, right? Loving in order, like in order for a response, right? it's yeah. like, because God loves us willingly and it is what he does, right? It's not, God doesn't need anything from us. <laughs> right. Which is awesome. Him. You know, God's God. Mm-hmm. He's he's eternal, everlasting to everlasting. He has no need in him, right? He he made, you know, he made humans because he wants to. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not loving us so that we would owe him love back. Right. So it's like the response of Ahava in the old testament is not just a response because it's your duty to respond, right? Or because God is this like this need love tyrant, you know, he's like, "I've loved you. Are you going to love me back? Are you going to love me back?" Right, like this, right. this desperate girlfriend, right? <laughs> but, but he's he <laughs> God is not a desperate girlfriend. Yeah, that'll preach. Um, <laughs> but, but he's, but his love naturally inspires a response, right? So yeah, rather than yeah. requiring a response, it inspires a response. Yeah, right, totally. And then we move into the New Testament biblical love, right, which is and, agape,
0: and it goes into agape. And I, I mean, we can talk about so many different things that the Bible says about love. Yeah, (laughs) because there's, I mean, it's a pretty heavy common theme (laughs) throughout Scripture,
1: which is beautiful in general. That literally the Christian tradition is like so full of love. Maybe, maybe not. You know, the history hasn't always shown it, right? Right. But the actual scriptures are in like so so chock full of loving people, loving God, what love inspires us to do, what agape actually does in the heart of man. Like it's all throughout scripture. Love, 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 love. And then Jesus saying it's the most important thing. Like that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Right. I think maybe as far as a biblical, <clears throat> uh, biblical framework for what is love, mm-hmm. Jesus, what comes to mind when I think about that is Jesus saying no greater love, there's no greater love than this, mm-hmm. than to lay down your life for another. Right. And I think at the in the biggest <clears throat> the broadest sense that's what love is about when we look at scripture. It's the willingness to lay down ourselves for the betterment and the sake of somebody else. I think right. maybe last last time we you mentioned that quote love is a process of meeting needs. Right. And in that process of meeting needs, there's times when we need to lay ourselves down in order for the sake of somebody else. Um and love i think uh i know we're going to get into what love revealed and what that looks like um but it's i think that's for me that's what comes to mind that scripture right. when i think about what's a biblical definition of love i think about that and uh and the the examples that jesus gave of right. of this actual thing of not just a feeling but the stories and how compelling that is mm-hmm. to, to lay down your life for another right
1: and uh that's the heart of what agape is is it's founded mm-hmm. in the actual stories uh narratives the life of of jesus and how he operated it's almost like in in scripture agape is this is this living thing It it, it is it's a living person right <laughs> right jesus yeah, yeah. but but it's this this living story of of what jesus did and and how agape operated through him was such this beautiful thing, and that is what he did. He laid down his life for another, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he's saying there is no greater love than to lay down your life for somebody else. I, I, another verse that comes to mind when I think about love. It literally says, "In this is love," or "Here is love." If you want to know what love <laughs> is, here it is: that that God gave His one and only Son. Right? right that, yeah. he, that to, to offer and to be a perpetuation to be a to be a sacrifice right to cleanse us from our sins right so so that offering laying down your life was the heart of agape, but Jesus didn't just do it through his through his death for us but in in um, in the Bible Jesus shows what agape looks like um, right. through his actions towards other people, the way that he hung out with people, who he hung out with right sinners, tax clue, Tax collectors, tax collectors, right? Prostitutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people that were outcasts of society, people that were kind of tossed away, people that were looked down upon. Um, he didn't just come to like the religious sect. You know, what I mean, it wasn't all those people who had it all together and followed all the laws. Like he, he showed agape in in hanging out with all of these people that no one would want to be around, right? That no one cared to be around, that no one liked, that no one wanted to have near them. And Jesus is touching people that people wouldn't even go six feet next to, right? right? And, And he's showing this love breaking through the society at the time, and if he was here today, still would break through the society that we have at the time, to to touch those who are untouchable, to cleanse those who are uncleansable. I don't know if that's a word, right? To love those who are unlovable, right? And and he shows that, right? Um, it, throughout his in, his actions, right? All of that. Yeah. It's something that I think about sometimes. I, I feel
0: like maybe we don't talk about too often was just how practical and Uh, multifaceted, some of the miracles are that Jesus did with with cleansing the lepers, right? Like that wasn't just a physical healing, but it was so much more than that because they were outcasts, they were ostracized, they couldn't have... Uh, you know, they were like, they were shunned from the rest of the community in no matter how much they wanted to be part of the community. It doesn't matter how well they lived and what kind of life they lived or how well they loved, they loved others. They couldn't be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus healing the lepers was a completely, a complete like social restoration. Right. And bringing people back into this place of good standing with others, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it wasn't just about the, the physical aspect that happened, but so much more than that. It, right. And the love that that shows, with so it's him not just wanting to, you know, he's not just trying to create a, a posse of people who are happy to be around him,
1: but right. he's wanting to impact people's lives right? <laughs> and to, to see them be well. Right. And think of the social implications at that time for Jesus to do that right mm-hmm. to to touch the leper and to hang out with those people like people hated him for this stuff right but he was willing yeah. to sacrifice his own reputation in order to genuinely love the person in front of him
0: right yeah and if, if it's like he did the things he, the miracles he did on the sabbath when river he wasn't supposed to do anything you know right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's one of the things the pharisees got on him about is because he saw somebody had compassion for him and he healed them right. and that was him doing not the normal things i'm sure on there's plenty of sabbaths where he he did take a full rest and he didn't do any kind of work or right. miracles you know mm-hmm. um, but he still he the main thing was to love somebody and right. he, he wasn't trying to impress the religious leaders and try to get them right, on his right. side he by doing what to get, they want to, you know
1: <laughs> he wasn't trying to get some religious clout or something like that right he was he wasn't trying to make his way up into like the religious hierarchies and right. and have prestige and power like he was willing to sacrifice all of that, right? All of the social prestige, all of the things that we, you know, maybe cherish in, in the world, right? The the esteem of others, the praise of others, you know, uh, he sacrificed all of that to to love people that, that no one wanted to love, you know, <laughs> to be with people. And then you see it by the way that, um, you know, he looks at uh, people in the eyes, you know what I mean? Like I, I imagine like the woman at the well who didn't even think, the Samaritan woman who didn't even think you know, that a man should be talking to her, let alone a Jewish man be talking to her at a well, right? He shows dignity yeah. to people mm-hmm. that that don't have any dignity, right? Mm-hmm. A woman who's coming to the well at noontime, this is in John 4, right? At noontime, she's, she's coming in the heat of the day because she doesn't want to be around the other people right she's kind of a woman of the streets if you know what I'm saying right and so she doesn't want to come at in the morning time when it's cool she comes in the in the noon time when no one's there so she can be alone and Jesus gives her dignity by actually asking her for a drink and actually recognizing her presence there right yeah, yeah. so so it, it, it's uh they are practical ways right it, when you see a story like that in the Bible Jesus is recognizing the presence of somebody he's listening to somebody right she starts star- sharing her story about how she worships and and she's sharing all of her all of her dirty laundry with him you know like and she opens up about having you know sh- you know not being in whatever <laughs> having a bunch of husbands or whatever yeah, at least yeah. he knows that right right and they end up having a conversation right and he's having this conversation with a samaritan woman who the jews hated and a man shouldn't be talking to a woman let alone a, a rabbi talking to somebody as well right so he's breaking through all of these social norms showing dignity to people and love to people and his actions displayed this agape that the bible uh talks about so much
0: yeah and he even talks about treating your enemies you know the way that you should treat yeah, your enemies which, is which crazy. Is- and pray for them, do good to them. And hope that you know, yeah. like hope things go well for them. <laughs> right. And it's not a typical it's not your typical response to things. But when we think about loving others, we're we're putting ourselves uh or willing to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of someone else's health and betterment and well being. And yeah, Jesus was an mm-hmm. example of
1: that. Yeah, I I mean think about loving. I love what Jesus says. He says, It's easy to love people that love you. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's like, you really want to show love, start loving people that don't like you, yeah. you know, start talking, to- start loving on people that you don't like. And then I love what the, you know, the, the Bible project talks about it and he's like, and do it without expecting anything in return. Right. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah. I guess I could love my enemies, but only so that they change. right yeah uh, i guess i I guess i can love those people that i don't like but but only so that eventually that love does something and they finally get it through their thick skulls and they finally start treating me better and they start you know they all this kind of stuff right it's like i you know so we make like justifications for these things but jesus has this type of agape that is otherworldly right that's so different he's saying you, you know you've heard it said you know love your neighbor and hate your enemies i say Love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. So all those people talking trash to you on Facebook, on you know, on Instagram, right? All those people talking dirt on you. All those people gossiping behind your back, right? All those people who are putting you down. All those people who are pushing you out. All those people are outcasting you. He's like, love them and pray for them. It's like, oh gosh, what? Yeah,
0: (laughs) and it can be so easy to (laughs) to hear that and be like, okay. I'm going to pray for you because I'm better than you, right. like, you know, and have that kind of a perspective and that kind of an experience of like, right, like, right. it's coming from this place of anger and spite, you know, it's right. like, you know what? I'm so much better than you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hope God does something good for your life so that you change right. and realize that you're in the wrong. And right, but where it's right. coming from this, still coming from a place of not where love. we want to be right and we want to feel, you know, justified in, what, in our experience, but it's not right. coming from love. It's not a, it's not an actual genuine love for the other person. Right. Uh it's it's not. And mm-hmm. yeah, but it's it can be so easy to slip away from that and mis, misplace that action, right, you know, of of what we would say is loving them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think it's it's really important what Jesus taught, right? So he teaches to love your enemies. He demonstrates it by mm-hmm. the way that by the way that he lives. And then, you know, we mentioned a little earlier, Jesus says every single law and every single command of the prophets, yep. it all hangs on this one thing, and it's loving God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, which is what right. Jonathan did, you know, in First Samuel. You know, he loved David as as himself, right? So, um, so, it, and Jesus says all of the law and the prophets. So basically, the entire Old Testament, basically like the the crux of the Jewish. <laughs> Everything that the Pharisees were going after, that they were studying, that they were, you know, seeking after, that they were, you know, memorizing. He's saying all of it summed up in loving God and loving neighbor. Yeah. Right? And so Jesus, mm-hmm. who is literally the cornerstone, the the main, he's the dude, okay, of the Christian faith, is saying this is what it's all about, basically. Yeah. Right? He's like, all of the law, all of the commandments, you know, there's six hundred and Thirteen, I think, mm-hmm, Levitical I think so. laws, right? 613 laws. He says all 613 of those. And the Pharisees had a good amount more, not laws, but traditions that they added on top of those, right? And different specific things that they made even harder for the Jewish people. He said every single bit of that is summed up in loving God and loving people. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so helpful.
0: Yeah. He says that in doing that, you fu- you will fulfill all of the laws and the prophets. Like, right. If you love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything that you are, and you love your neighbor like yourself as yourself, right, you will fulfill everything that these were trying to accomplish. Right. <laughs> it's like the the whole purpose of the laws and everything the prophets were saying. Right. Was about loving God with everything that you are and loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. And if you can do those things.
1: Right. That's what it's about. And then and then Paul like. In uh, in scripture, he he expounds on this. He basically mm-hmm. says, like, y- um, you're not going to steal from somebody you love, right? You yeah. know, so if you love somebody, you're not gonna you're not gonna steal from them, right? And if you love somebody, you're not gonna covet what they have. Right, you'll know? be happy for them. Yeah, and if you love somebody, you're not going to be envious about you know about what they have. Like you're going to be stoked about them because you love them, right? And so he says every all of those commands, the Ten Commandments. You know, like obviously honoring God, honoring your honoring your parents, not coveting, not committing adultery, not stealing, whatever, not using God's name in vain. All that comes from falling in love with God, which which changes a lot, right? Because we can get so. I mean, how many different how many different things are out there, right? Of different, you know, things to help you figure out how to be more patient, how to, be, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying those things are bad, right? But but what Jesus is saying is is all of those things, even the fruits that we're looking for in our lives, right? Loving people, caring for people, being genuine to people, all that stuff, it all comes from, you know, falling more in love with God and then loving people.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it all comes from there. Loving with, and then I love what John, First John says about loving with action. Don't just love in, in word, but mm-hmm. indeed, right, but in uh indeed and in truth, and it can't just be something that we say, but it really is something that we have mm-hmm. to uh live out uh love ultimately comes from God, and this this is <laughs> something that we <laughs> might seem like a simple statement, oh the love comes from God, yeah right right, but if we think about love itself in and, and John. Writing God is agape. Yeah, it just literally just says that God is agape. He is. He <laughs> love. is love, and it doesn't say he is loving, although he is. Although he is, it says he is love, um, and it's one of the few things that just that it just straight up says this is who God is. Right. Without it being a an adjective, you know, or a a descriptor of character. Right. It's about his
1: being. Right. He is love so it would it says god is just right right but i don't and i could be wrong but i i don't think anywhere in scripture it says god is justice Justice. right right or god is patient right he has patient loving kindness right Mm -hmm. but it doesn't say god is patience right the closest thing that i can get in my mind to where the bible actually says god is something is where it says that god made christ to be wisdom Right? Like that, right. that that Christ is wisdom for us. Right. Not he is wise. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Not he gives wisdom or he is wise, but, but he, he, is, he wisdom. is wisdom itself, which makes sense because the logos coming from the beginning, yeah. he is the word made flesh, right? And the word is basically wisdom itself, right? The logic.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, obviously, because God is good. God is holy. Right. And, uh, and not to diminish anything that that it's saying about God in those ways, but it's just fascinating that he uses this language of saying this, this is it. Like God is love. And he says, if you live in love, which God is love, you live in God. Right. And if you are living in God, you're going to be living in love. (laughs) Right, Right. Right. Because God is love. And, he, it's it's an eternal, everlasting. It's never never began, and it's never gonna end. It's just God is love, a love mm-hmm. that is from the very beginning of anything that we could ever think or imagine in regards to what time is.
1: <laughs> right, 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 you
0: know, before that, God is love, mm-hmm. and it's it's that kind of love that we get to tap into and experience and receive from. Right.
1: Um. Yeah. Which I, which I think says something important again, right? So if all of the laws hang in um, in the greatest command being loving God, right, I think all of the attributes of God, so God is good, right, or God is patient, God is kind, all of those things fall under, right, God being love. Even God is just falls under God is love, Right. Right. So like all of the things of his being flow from him, his essence, which is love, which I think is a huge thing, you know, just for, you know, our culture today. Right. Especially, you know, seeing, you know, the Christian faith or seeing followers of Jesus. Right. And, you know, sometimes you don't get that experience of of love you know and and again we have different ideas of love right and so if you're going to accept that god is love you also have to accept the biblical idea of what love looks like right mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and so there's certain things that are inside love love isn't just like full you know i guess acceptance of of everything, you know what I mean? At the same time, right? So you got to accept the biblical idea of what that agape actually means, right? That, that Mm -hmm. selfless, crazy Mm -hmm. selfless love, self-giving love. Right. But I think, I think that heals so much, you know? And, um, you know, anybody listening right now, like that has been doubting, you know, God's goodness or his faithfulness or where he is, like that's so healing to know God is love. Like, that's, that's who he is. That's who he is. And so we can experience a bunch of turmoil in the church or from people or judgment, criticism, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, that doesn't change the eternal nature of who God is. He is agape. Agape. Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. crazy he is love it is his very essence like and everything flows from that love god is just because he is love Mm -hmm. god is patient because he is love Mm -hmm. god is good because he is love god forgives because he is love god sent his son because he is love god corrects because he is Love, right? Yes. All yeah. of these things flow from His love, and I so I think that that kind of crushes a lot of religious bondage, right? That that can get in the way of the experience that we have had of God or His Word or His people, His Church. When we realize the essence of God is love, right? Yeah, I think that just brings crazy healing. It changes because if we are thinking that. Everything
0: God does, well, <laughs> I don't want to sound controversial, <laughs> mm. but if we were to take this stance of seeing God as someone who the main thing that he wants is for people to obey him, right? You know, and it comes from this place of needing obedience, right? then it changes the way that we see him correcting us. It changes right. the way that we see him interacting with us. It changes the way that we see him um, interacting with, even throughout Scripture with the with the Israelites when they right. were rebellious. Mm-hmm. If we see him as uh, being somebody who just needs obedience and demands obedience, like we if we had a parent who was just commanding and said, do it because I said so, you know, and we didn't feel that love. it's right. If we see God in that light, it's going to change the way that we see what he asks us to do. Right, but when we see it as no, he's loving. He's mm. he is love. Everything that he asks of us is because he loves us. Right. When he asks us to o- obey him, it's because he loves us. Right. And it, and that love is is driving him towards uh, our best and mm. his best. And and ultimately, what he has is going to be the best thing for us. Right. And it, it's because I mean, saying God is love doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. Whenever you're living in God, you know. Right, right, right yeah. <laughs> um, but there, but it, it 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 changes our perspective of how we see Him interacting with us when we recognize that the foundation of uh, that this motivator inside of Him, that this mm-hmm. essence of of God is love. Right.
1: And and furthermore, agape love agape you know (laughs) which i think is is more important to say it in the greek agape love right this this giving sacrificial pouring out kind of love this this not needing anything in return here's all of me kind of love and i think i think that gives us even more clarity on on what kind of love it actually is because we hear love from our you know our parents and then they tell us to obey it's like i love you that's why i'm correcting you it's like oh, right right but but god is not mm-hmm. so all of his commands are even they're not just so that he can satisfy his own wrathful rageful some weird perfectionistic tendency inside of him right because if god is agape love that means he's selfless love that means the way that he loves is not like He's not trying to get something from us or need something from us or trying to, you know, fill his own ego, right? Or anything yeah. like that. He doesn't need anything from us and so he can love us perfectly. So even his commands come from a perfect kind of love.
0: Yeah. Right? It's uh it's he's he he has his commands and the laws are about Mm -hmm. what's good for us (laughs) right it's like it'll go better for you if you do these things Mm -hmm. and even though we so often don't listen and so often push away it's like you know it's his love that's 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 driving those right
1: and (laughs) not to beat a dead horse here but but i think it it because it is that perfect love the scripture says perfect love casts out fear Mm -hmm. you know Because fear has to do with punishment. That's what it says. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. It says, perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, right? And Jesus, on the cross, he took all the punishment that we could ever deserve, right? And so knowing God is love actually rids us of harmful fear of God. There's good fear of God, which is reverence and respect and honor for God, right? Yeah. But it it rids us from harmful fear of God, right? And, And I think that's a... And it's an epidemic, right? That God is the one that's judging me. God is the one that you know hates me. God is the one that made me with all right. of these problems. God is the reason that all of these things are going bad. God, you know, whatever God is picking apart my nature, my sin, my essence. And so, what do we want to do? We want to rebel out of that crap, right? And that's like I see countless stories of that, right? Of people starting to see God in a certain way, and they get burdened, they get bitter, they start to see God in a way of He's judging people, He's sending people that. The hell he's you know he's doing all of this stuff and then they start to distance themselves with god because they allow that fear of punishment to come in mm-hmm. right and it's like but god is love and so in that there's a there's a drawing close that is a a, a necessary response Right, because yeah. it's like if God is love and there is no punishment because He is love and Jesus has taken it all, then I can be so so close to God no matter how unworthy I feel, terrible I'm doing, sinful I am, you know. Yeah. yeah. If I feel judged by other people, it's like I can be close to God because God is love, right? And He's not angry, you know. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, I can. Re- it's easier to receive the forgiveness of God when you right see Him with loving eyes. When you see him looking at you with loving eyes, not with a shameful finger wag, you know, (laughs) it's easier for us to come to him in our times of brokenness and mistakes. Right. Yeah. There. Um, and these are all ways that love is revealed throughout scripture. right? Right. And, and, and Aaron mentioned earlier that Jesus, and I love the way that John, the book, the gospel of John talks about Jesus coming, becoming flesh, but then revealing God to us. And it's it it's like he did a deep study and showed us everything about who he is. That's yeah. like the word that's used is, is essentially saying that he uh, he did an expose of, of who God is. It's like right. he, and everything was
1: revealed through through Jesus with who God is. I think it says he's like basically the fingerprint of God. Like yeah. uh, in it, Hebrews, it says he's the exact image mm, or the mm-hmm, exact representation. Mm-hmm. He's like the DNA of God, the fingerprint of God. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. The, the exact yeah yeah. But this, but the way that love is revealed in throughout Scripture with, is that God is love, mm-hmm. and that that love is eternal. Yeah. And I think that that aspect is important to grab because whenever we realize, uh, like what what you mentioned, the Scripture you mentioned with, um, God loved us first. Mm-hmm. Right. We love God because He loved us first, while we were yet sinners. Mm-hmm. Christ died for us. Right. That erases any kind of thought that we could think, I am I'm a sinner or I've done something bad, therefore right. God is distanced from me. Right, right, <laughs> you right. Know? right, right. Yeah. It's like there's actually no wow. room to say that. Right. Because while you were a sinner, while you had no idea who God was, or you had no intention and no no any kind of uh, cognitive yeah. thinking of about God at all, he loved you before mm. that. It wasn't you coming to him that made him start loving you. The yeah. love love comes from him and right. it's always coming from him. Right. And it's I I think it's not until we recognize that that we can really receive the love of God. Right. And because we can so we can so easily come up with so many excuses why why God doesn't why God doesn't want to love us or why we don't feel worthy of God's love or how why we don't deserve God's love, but it has nothing to do
1: with you. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. That's right. who he is. Right. And I it's like I'm trying to make it about myself whenever I think I need to change the way I'm living in order for God right, to love right, me. Right, right, right. But it's always coming from him. He is love. And yeah. his love is eternal.
1: Yeah, there, there's a common, uh a really common, I I think it's a common theology in the church. It's like it's like God is just so he can't look at sin. And I said it earlier, like God is just because he's love. Right, so Mm. even his justice flows from from his love. But there's a common thing. It's like, ah, Jesus, you know, God can't, you know, God can't look at sin. He can't be around sin. He's like just like his people that he's just you know he disdains you know and despises those people who are you know. Mm. And then and then I think like, well, what was the cross then? Because not only was he not afraid to be close to sin, but Scripture literally says he became it he became sin <laughs> so like not, not only is god not afraid of your sin he was willing to become it
0: right yeah i think that <laughs> people look at uh, whenever jesus says on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me right they uh, that is interpreted as god leaving Jesus
1: or Or God looked to turn his face from Jesus because he was his son became so ugly because of sin yeah right but Jesus is God
0: so it's like that one that's one thing but but Jesus is quoting Psalm 22 right and even whenever in in this in the scriptures in the gospels whenever it says Jesus said these things like uh my God my God why are you forsaking me it's it it in the scripture it's quoting Meaning right. it's not just Jesus saying it, but it's Jesus saying it from something else. Right. And Psalm 22 is a prophecy about the Messiah. And right. it's a it's a call. It's the, it's the first line of Psalm 22. And for <clears> any <throat> of the Jews who were there, they would have known what that psalm was about. Anybody right. who was watching Jesus be crucified, when Jesus said... said
1: Eloi, Eloi, yes, they, they
0: would have known exactly what the rest of that psalm was. And Jesus was quoting the psalm about himself. Yeah. Not in this I don't think it was in the sense of God has left me or God is looking away from me. But no. He was he was revealing the truth of who he is even yeah. while
1: on the cross. He was really yeah, revealing that and it in later scripture Paul says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Yeah. So like not only did God not leave him, but he wasn't just on top of him or around him. God was still in Jesus on the cross. He was taking those those scars too, right? He was taking those, you know. So God wasn't just you know sending his son to like you know be beaten up. He was like he's in God. He was in Christ, right? He was in Christ being crucified with his son, right? And that and that's that's the crazy. The the cra- I don't even know how we got on this, but it's a beautiful it's, it's a beautiful reality yeah. because. Cause yeah, that was a prophecy, and I love it in Psalm twenty two. The actual prophecy says, you know, everybody's surrounding me. It's literally talking about Jesus on the the. the it's so many references. The, yeah, it's so many references. Happened. Yeah, it says like my, you know, my clothes have been they're they're casting lots or throwing dice for my clothes. They surround me like the I think the bulls of Bashan, and it says in this prophecy it says, but you still have not left me. Like mm. so in, in Come on the, on. <laughs> on on the cross like Jesus is saying my father you know why have you forsaken me but he's referencing a prophecy that says he still hasn't left me right. <laughs> which is like yeah. if you have to read deeper right so so we we see that and we see this this radical um agape agape of god you yeah. know what i mean to to be close even in the midst even of sinful midst things of god sin. loved us before we did anything right and before we did anything wrong, and so His love is not based on my actions, on your actions, on how good you are, how bad you are. It, it He loves us because He is love, <laughs> yeah. right? He loves people because He is love, and He loves the people that we don't like, <laughs> you know, and and that that right. that maybe have been right. ostracized, criticized, like. Uh, and and even in an offensive way, in most you know maybe traditional, um, I'm not going to go too much into that. But but all I'm saying is he loves everybody. <laughs> but he is love. And but he, he, loves he is everyone. love, and he loves everybody
0: before and after anything we've done, right, or ever will do. Yeah, there's no way we can earn it or right. or lose it.
1: And so if that's the truth, though, right, that Jesus is this full revelation, right? He's the revealing of God's love. In a biblical sense, that that's awesome. It's good theology to believe that, but it doesn't really uh, impact us or affect us until we actually receive that love, right? So Jesus reveals the love; we have to receive that love, mm-hmm. right? So there, and and we talked a little bit about um, uh, just limitations to love that we experience in our lives. Um, to our ideas of love, to our uh, preconceived notions about what love is, what it looks like, right? We have broken uh, ideals given to us by culture, by our families, by our friends, by people that hurt us, wronged us, said they loved us, weren't faithful to us, whatever it is. And so we have limitations and, and broken maybe ideals of Of love, and that can seeing this crazy unconditional God is love. I'm fully loved by Him, despite what I do or don't do, which is insane. That's still hard for my own mind to comprehend or to receive, right? So it's it's difficult to receive that because that's not the type of love we get in the world,
0: right? There's nowhere else really that we no that we truly can see it and receive it to this extent. Yeah. You know, love is not offered that <laughs> that freely. <laughs> not freely and not willingly into this level as it is with with God and what, what he has revealed through to
1: us through Jesus. It's like you get married and somebody cheats on somebody, right? It's like you know, well, one time I could see, you know, somebody being like, "Okay, let's like make it work." It like happens again, it's like, "Okay, well, you know, like right. It, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's like and then I think about how much I've like you know, left and started worshiping in something else besides God. You know, and then he's just like, "Yep, you're back in. You're back in. You're back in." You know, what I mean, like yeah. that—that's not a love we really see on Earth. <laughs> no, and that's like
0: that, talking about a biblical example and perspective of love, like the, the the prophet Hosea with. Right. Uh, uh with the the woman Gomer Yeah
1: mhm prostitute the, with
0: the prostitute when God said marry her and she went and she kept going doing her prostitute thing and I'm not judging her, her for people. being a
1: prostitute but Gomer come on now then <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's but this love it was uh it was exempt this was god saying this is an example of how i love israel right is is exactly what you were just talking about Aaron? you know right it's like yeah. i love i love my people just like this i will love them and they keep going and doing other things but i still love them and i'm still coming after them coming to rescue them i'm right. still going to to pursue them chase after them doesn't matter how many times they walk
1: away and if you don't know Hosea, it's basically this prophet Hosea and God tells him to marry a prostitute, Yeah, <laughs> which is a crazy thing that God would ask in general, <laughs> but know. we won't go into the theology <laughs> of that right now. God is love, okay? God is love. And apparently he asked some prophets to do some weird stuff, but, but, um, but it was to show a picture of the unfaithfulness, the adultery that Israel kept committing mm-hmm. to God, right? And so Hosea marries this prostitute, Gomer, I don't know why... Someone would name their daughter that, right? Maybe that's why I became a person. Okay, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And I was like scared of it. I really was. You were thinking already. I was. Aaron, I was that's, thinking I just it. felt
0: it. I felt that you wanted
1: <laughs> to say it. And so I just, I said, I was going to say, as your friend, I was going to say, I think the name maybe led to her occupation. That's all <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah that, Gomer, was, that would have been a better way to say it. anyway. Any, uh, okay. I'm not going to go any further with this point. There's but, a whole theory on that. How names lead occupation. Yeah, that, okay. Well, that's the, oh, the psychology, different yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was, bro. Uh, so, yeah. So, and then, you know, Gomer keeps prostituting herself. Right. And so Jose is with this. The girl marries her, right? And and she keeps prostituting herself and God keeps saying, Go back to her, forgive her, like bring her back in, redeem her, right? All of this stuff. And he's saying this is the love that I have for Israel, right? This is the love I have for my people. Like again and again, they turn their backs on me, right? It's not God turning his back on us. It's us turning our back on him, right? Mm -hmm. Looking the other way, wanting to do things our own, you know, in our own selfish ways, wanting to fill up our own ego, wanting to drain from other people so we can fill ourselves up, right? You know, yeah, you know, pursuing our own passions at the expense of of another, right? Our own desires and dreams at the expense of other people, no matter how many people I got to put down to step on their backs to get up. Up, right there's there's so many ways we we demolish destroy desecrate the holy things the holy gift of life right I, I think that's just so important like we have this gift of life and then we're just like i'm gonna do it my own way and i'm gonna you know kind of roll roll over anybody who's in the way of me getting what i want and then god's like i love you and it's like mm. bruh mm. yeah that's, that's not the you see that's not the kind of love that we see in the relationships that we have you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Daryl's a very forgiving guy. And I think he would forgive me a lot. But like if I'm just I don't know. I don't know how you you can't commit adultery on a friend. I don't know. <laughs> something bad that I would do to you. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like even for instance, and this is this is something that um that that I, I heard from a friend, you know, like uh, you know, if you walk by somebody and they keep kicking you you can forgive them, right? Right. And, and then say you walk by them again, they kick you again. It's like, I can forgive them, but you might start walking around them so they don't kick you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally. God's love is so crazy that he literally just stays that close to you. Like he doesn't separate himself even from the harm of our actions towards his holiness or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't, he doesn't create that type of distance. So, that's crazy otherworldly. Like, we kick God and he stays looking in our eyes, you know? <laughs> and then we're like, kick him again. And we're like, I, ah, you know, we, we, we you know? And, yeah. and God just stays there getting kicked. And he's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and that there. was the cross, right? Him getting spat on and beaten and bloodied up and by his own people. And then being like, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. <sighs> and and scripture says he is I'm blessing faithful. myself.
0: <laughs> scripture says he is faithful even when we are not faithful. Right. You know? yeah and that is that's huge that's it's
1: he's love yeah but we and so that it's hard to receive that sometimes so i guess how do you actually receive that daryl how do you receive that i don't know i I blew my own mind Mm. i don't know if i can finish this podcast (laughs) i'm like i'm sorry for kicking you god you just stay faithful oh my god i know it's
0: uh I think part of it is letting go of what, of what we think love should look like, because it's the shoulds that stop us. You right. know, <laughs> that's good. It's like you shouldn't love me, you shouldn't do this, I shouldn't deserve this. Right. You know, you should feel this way, and I think if we can let go of the shoulds, and we we look to Jesus mm-hmm. and just and actually trust him. You know, I think it's a level of trust. It's like right. We just have to trust that God loves us, right? And I, I think I do think that this—that broadening our understanding of what love is, and looking deeper and reframing our our understanding of love, and not letting it be confined to what our experiences have been going through life—as we open up our mind to see love in a different way, and allow us, allow the Word of God, allow Scripture, um, to to reveal love in a different way to us. I think we get closer to receiving that love. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't know what it looks like to fully receive the love of God. I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, it's like it, it feels like. How do you measure something that's unlimited? Unlimitless. How do, I, unlimitless. <laughs> <laughs> how do you measure something that's limitless? And, right. and as to whether or not you've received all of it. Right. You know how could we can't measure whether or not we've received all of the love of God, but I know that in my own experience, my willingness and. Uh, intentionality to try to let my own understanding of what love is and the That's love good. that I deserve is right when I start letting those things go and just look to Jesus. Yeah, it makes it easier to receive more of that love, right?
1: I, I mean, I, I think you nailed it, man. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's uh, hard to believe, you know, sometimes it seems too good to be true, you know, mm-hmm. and and to actually receive that kind of love, it's so. Still, you know, I've been running after Jesus for 11 years. It's still sometimes foreign, you know, that in the middle of wrong, he loves me. Like he doesn't, he doesn't wince his eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. like he doesn't, he doesn't like, oh gosh, I can't look at that one or, you know, like Mm -hmm. he just stays faithfully looking at you and seeing you and adoring you even like that. And that's, that's crazy. Like that's crazy and so so i think letting go of um yeah my own my own limitations as much as i can in a in a human way i'm figuring it out you know like that's a that's a really difficult thing right i think it's a I think it's a journey to to give up our own understanding of you know uh, of what we deserve right Mm -hmm. and and that comes with letting go of a lot of shame that comes with letting go of a lot of identities and a lot of those ideas of of what we deserve right And I think when you let go of those things right allow yourself to be forgiven, right you make space to receive the grace of God right yeah and right. I, I think we need a, a great cleansing <laughs> of our own of our own ideas of what how far God's love can stretch right um because mm-hmm. that's that's the only limit there is (laughs) right?
0: is our own understanding is our own under
1: is our own understanding and, and a trust and ability to receive it. Right. So it's like you can have faith without measure. If your faith is without measure, you know? So (laughs) it's like you, you put box limits on, on your faith and your trust in God and, and the ability to receive that, you know, And, and there's different things that get in the way of that, you know? But that's, you're going to receive the grace that you have faith for, you know, you're going to receive the love that you have faith for, which is a crazy concept. It's a very, a very strange thing. Um, But really, it's like, the more I believe he loves me, the more I experience his love.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think part of it could be even just thanking God for his love. Yeah. When maybe we don't even feel it, just for... As a reminder to ourselves that He loves us, right? You know, just thinking, thanking Him, saying, "Thank you, God, for loving me." Right. Thank you, God, for loving me. Right. And I think that as we do that, we will
1: experience it more. Experience it. Yeah. More. Sometimes we got to say things before we fully believe them or feel them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just like I receive your love, I don't even know what that means, God, but I receive it. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, God's so love revealed through Scripture. Right. God is love, and then love received, and that's something that. We we get to do and as it's our part to just receive and accept the love of God into our lives, but it doesn't doesn't stop there. No, it's not about us discovering who who God is and what love looks like and then receiving that love, but returning the love. Love returned. Right. I love the way that the Bible Project talks about Ahava whenever they were mentioning this throughout the Old Testament Mm -hmm. with the Israelites obeying God's law as a way of showing Ahava, but in not just straight directly to Him, but in the way that they treat each other. Right. And they receive God's love, and then they embody God's love mm-hmm. by giving that love to the people around them. Right. And by giving that love to Him, but then to you know to beyond, it's not just about them and God, but really is so much about us and the people around us, us right. and the community that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so, love isn't meant to just be received, but to be returned. Right. And one way that we return God's love is by giving it to somebody
1: else. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 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 When you're when you're in overflow, the natural thing you want to do is you want to give it. Right. Mm-hmm. And when things are pouring pouring out, and you've got more than enough, right, you you want to want to give it, right. And so there's there's this aspect is because we can now receive this this unlimitless as (laughs) limitless as daryl said but but limitless Mm. limitless love Mm. right Mm. we can have excess right right and and because of that it not only it's not a well that runs dry and so uh you know david says in the psalms my cup runneth over Right, and and it's the experience, the reception of that love that actually allows that to run over, and the natural response, not the duty, right? But because he loves us, when you experience the love of God, the natural return is to pour it out onto other people, and that 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 naturally reflects in people because again, the the, the greatest command is two commands, but they're one and the same, right? They're they're in union with each other, right? They kind of bounce off of each other, right? Which is, you know, you love God with all of your heart, with all your mind, you're all of your strength. And the second, Jesus says, is like it, you love your neighbor as yourself. Why is it like it? Because to love your neighbor is to love God. And if you love God, you're gonna love your neighbor. Yeah. Right? So they, they were
0: inseparable.
1: In the yeah, they are inseparable. And, and and again, John goes into this in first John too. He's like he's like, You can't say you love God and then hate people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just incompatible, right? It's incompatible to receive this crazy God is love, agape type of love, and then hate somebody, right? It, right. He's just saying like, those things do not flow together, right? It's like, they are completely contradictory. If you love God, you will love your neighbor. You will love people, right? And that's why Jesus puts these these commands together, is because they are. They're, they're inseparable commands, right?
0: Yeah. He was only asked to give one answer. <laughs> right. You know, he could have left it at just the one if he really felt like that sufficed. Mm-hmm. But he didn't.
1: Because he, it, it needs to go along with the other component. Right. And so in Scripture, this love returned, right? That we receive the love of God, and uh, it's revealed in Jesus, we receive it, and then we return it, right? There's constantly uh, almost like this love cycle, I'm gonna trademark that the love, the, cycle. the love cycle <laughs> sounds intimate, doesn't it? the The love cycle, which is is um, is basically right. God is love. He's always been love. It's everlasting, Ahava, Agape, right? God, it's it's what He does, and it's who He is, right? And so that love pours into us, right? We receive that love, so we catch that love. We dwell in that love. We live in that love, right? But that love doesn't sit inside of us. It It goes back out, right, towards people. And then back up towards God, right? Not that God is getting constantly filled by our love. But, but I mean, he, he enjoys it, you know? He enjoys when we love people, right? But it's this cycle of God pouring in and then us pouring out. And then the adoration going up to God. And then God pouring in and us pouring out and the praise going up to God. And then God pouring in. And, and it, it goes in this cyclical uh, motion, which is really important for the way that we uh, the way that we live our lives. Right. And, and that's how Mm -hmm. we return that love to God is he's saying, you know, now go love my people, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, how could I receive God's love and then not give it to somebody else Right. or to think somebody else doesn't deserve it? You know, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter how much I don't like that person or how many times I, I felt like they did me wrong or mm-hmm. have done something that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. How can I receive God's love? If I, if I see God's love revealed in Jesus Christ and I am impacted by that, how could I think that someone else doesn't deserve that? Right. Or if I deserve it, you know, it's like if, if God is loving from the beginning of all time is offering his love to people. Right. Why would I think I can keep that from somebody else? Right. Or think that someone else doesn't deserve to experience the same thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's just part of what it is. I think the way that scripture talks about love is is that it's the way that God loves us. And mm-hmm. it's a call for us to see that love, acknowledge that love, receive that love, and to give that love. Right.
1: And and that love looks like something, right? And so, what, mm-hmm. I mean, what we wanted to do without getting full gospel on you guys, but but also this is the gospel, this so the- <laughs> so we're gonna have to. But but is to just go, you know, Scripture gives a pretty clear, um, a clear description, and I, and I love that Scripture does this because love is often like pretty vague, right? It, be, it, it can be, um. And, and, you know, all you need is love, right? It's like, that's a great sentiment, but what does that actually look like tangibly, right? Mm -hmm. And so we could say, I could just need, I just need more love in my life. I want to love people better, right? But that can get, Right, it, it it doesn't really become action until we actually know what actually love looks like. How do we see what love mm-hmm. actually looks like? You can look at Jesus's life, but I think also a great passage. One I you know used to be a DJ, so this is read at every single wedding of all time. But it's actually a good scripture apart from weddings. <laughs> apart um, from <laughs> weddings, not good at weddings, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, no, yeah, it's so it annoying at weddings sometimes. But it is powerful when you actually know the the Mia is First Corinthians thirteen, you know, which is you know often coined the love chapter, right? And it basically mm-hmm says like the, the, the greatest thing I love it in in 1 Corinthians 12 it says now let me show you a way of life that is best of all right mm-hmm. and it's about to go into the love chapter it's basically like the best way you could live your life is to be filled with the love of God and to pour that love all over other people right
0: and this is in context of Paul talking about all the gifts of the holy spirit right all the gifts that the Holy Spirit could give somebody whether you mm-hmm. know prophecy healing and the, you know teaching whatever it is all the gifts that we can be operating right. he's saying this is
1: better than everything else yeah right and, yeah exactly and and it's what all the other gifts hang on as well right yeah. so everything hangs yeah. on this so he basically says you can have all the gifts you want but if you don't love you're annoying that's basically what he says right you're a clanging gong you're a clanging cymbal you look stupid alright that's not what he says that's my paraphrase um but then it says um, this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance the word of the lord amen amen
0: <laughs> that's good
1: that's good stuff right and so this gives us a more uh, i guess a straightforward look at at what actually okay if i'm going to return how do i actually return the love of god you know right, like yeah. you, you got to receive it first right but but then what does it actually look like to practically uh, return the love of God. Remember, all of these things right now, everything that I just read, it all hangs on being filled with the love of God, right? And then allowing that overflow to pour into other people. So what does it tangibly look like? It looks like being patient with people, right? Which is like it, it, impatience is not loving and it's not love, right? Mm-hmm. Being impatient with people's flaws, being impatient with you know how slow people, I mean, I know in, in marriage, this is a big one, right? It's like get in the car, honey, You're taking way too long, right? You know, it's like it's like that's not just like a cute thing, right? But there's there's this aspect of being patient, being kind, um, kind to someone, not being jealous, right? I guess you know if you have this um, if you have this love for somebody, like you're not gonna be jealous of what they have. You're actually gonna celebrate what they have. This is something that Daryl and I talked about, you know, talked about a little earlier. It's like love actually allows you to celebrate. When somebody else has something awesome, you know, right. in their life. Yeah. Are we going? Yeah, keep going. Thing if, by you, thing? Yeah. if you want to, did you want to sit somewhere?
0: No, I thought we were going to go through the whole the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted you to take one. I wanted to take the next one. Oh, uh, it's not boastful. Yeah. So, lo- yeah, love isn't boastful. It's not focusing on itself and trying to figure out ways it can get attention, you know? <laughs> right. Or it's not proud. Um, which is kind of the sim- feels like a similar type of thing, but mm-hmm. it it knows that it's not about itself mm-hmm. and it's uh, love is not rude. Yeah. And once again, it's that requires an awareness of someone else. Right. And being able to think in, in someone else's pair of shoes and being able to lay down the thing that maybe we want to say or mm-hmm. do. And that little itch that we might have to do this thing that maybe we know it's gonna rub someone the wrong way and that's why we wanna do it, you know? <laughs> right, 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 yeah. It's like that's not love. That's not what love looks like. Right. I
1: love the next one. It does not demand its own way. It doesn't demand its own way. Yeah. And that that seems like I mean, that's that's counter to like a lot of of, you know, what our it's all about going after your own way, like your own thing, right? Like getting yours, you know? Like, right. that's like, that's a big part of maybe, I don't know, the American dream or something or whatever insert key thing from <laughs> that people go after, right? But it doesn't demand on its own way. It's okay with somebody else having their own way. It's okay with somebody else having a plan. That doesn't mean that it just sits behind, lets people walk over it, right? At the same right. time and, and always make the decision, right? I think it's also, love is also powerful and it makes decisions for those things, but it doesn't hold those things at a fault, right? Because again, the purpose is relationship in this, right? Right. So I'm not going to demand my way all the way to the point of breaking apart a relationship because it's like, bruh, have it, you know? Right, because it's about, you're making it about you again. Exactly, you know? exactly.
0: And there's so many things in life that make it easy for us to demand our way. You know, like, think about TV. <clears throat> on demand. <laughs> right. right. Whatever that was like the big thing, you know, in entertainment. You can you can watch whatever you want on demand, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know,
1: <laughs> whenever you demand it. <laughs> whenever
0: you demand it. And now it's like normal. You know, we go to Netflix, we go to Disney right. or whatever and we go to Amazon Prime and we watch whatever we want when we want it. Right. We we can demand our own way and mm-hmm. it can be easy for us to do that and for that same feeling to creep into our relationships. Yeah. Love is not irritable
1: dude this is a tough one
0: i feel like this is the most one of the most relatable things right (laughs) it's like the it's the most the easiest thing to feel irritated right yeah (laughs) totally and i even recently i uh i've had to ask myself or say stop myself and and say to myself that this isn't what love looks like when i'm feeling irritated yeah like love doesn't look like this and that is a, it's a challenge. It's a mm-hmm. challenge for me or to me to look at something or apologize to my wife for something because I was like, that's not what love looks like. And I'm like, I'm sorry that I was doing this or if I came across irritated. irritated yeah. Yeah, because I want to be present with her. And, you know, for whatever reason, if I felt irritated about something or I, I don't want that to be affecting our relationship mm-hmm. and that's not what love looks like.
1: Right. And that's something like that just levels the playing field right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Irritated, everyone gets irritated. Like, you know, it's like everyone does it. all of these things, gets impatient, and all that stuff. But right. I feel like, like you said, that one's the most relatable it's, one. It seems like it's the smallest thing. <gasps> yeah, it's like the <laughs> smallest thing. Like, love doesn't get irritated. It's like, what the heck do you mean? I'm irritated <laughs> that it says that, you know? Like, so so that's it, that's a huge one, right? But again, right? It's about it's about Loving looks like being so patient with somebody and and seeing all of them right. So even the little things that normally would be like annoyances or grievances towards you, you know, is that that's not the right word, but annoyances to you, like you're not irritated by people, you know, like you're not irritated when somebody's loud or when somebody cuts you off in traffic or whatever, because it's not life's not about you, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is which is which is crazy, right? It keeps no record of being wronged, right? So this is where. This is the a huge one too, right? We we keep those checklists, we keep those records. This person did this, they did that, they mm-hmm. they had all all of this stuff, right? And and we can keep those records about people. That's not what love looks like, right? Love right. keeps no record of being wronged, right? We we clear that record. And where does that come from? It comes from receiving the love of God, right? I don't have any record outstanding with the Lord. I have no debt to pay with the Lord, not because of anything that I did. I've done a bunch of junk, right? But but because Jesus cleared every single record of sin against me, he's asking me to return that love to him by doing the same thing for my brother and sister. Yeah, and right? Proverbs says, love covers a multitude of sins. Right.
0: Yeah. This uh, reminds me of probably a typical thing whenever me and Brittany, <laughs> me and Brittany used to like, fake argue, and I'd always, I would always say always. I would just use those uh, superl- superlatives. superlatives. Yeah, like, oh, you always do this. No, 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 no. But I will do it you know, in a... In a playful voice whatever about something stupid but it's it's easy for us to do that sometimes right but if we ever say that about anybody in the sense of like oh they always do that oh this always happens you always do this it means that there was something that you still have a record of (laughs) it means we're keeping a record right? right exactly we're keeping a record and so but love doesn't look like that it doesn't keep a record. It's it's there. It's present. It gives people the chance right. to change and be different. And don't be thinking like,
1: but in business, you have to keep a record in case you got to fire somebody. Or You know what I mean? Like, obviously, well, yeah. there's like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, there's things where it's like, yeah, if like someone's not doing their job. Or, you know, I mean, I, there's there's things in life, but it's talking about impersonal relationships, right? Someone wrongs you, like you let it go, you forgive it, you don't keep a record against them. And then pile that up as a whole stack of who that person is based on all of the sins they've committed against you in the right. last month, yeah. right? That's really what it's, what it's talking about there. But.
0: It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Yeah the first thing that comes to my mind is like in in a maybe when i if i ever get excited about getting away with something mm. <laughs> you know and like if about some kind of injustice that happened and like and like and it, and it worked out in my favor i'm like okay that's all right, right. <laughs> sweet i got in i got in there quicker or whatever you know it's right. like that's not something i should rejoice about mm. but i should actually rejoice if i got caught <laughs> when the Jeez. truth wins out it's right. like when the truth comes to the forefront that's whenever i should be i should be happy and rejoice about that mm-hmm. in any kind of situation maybe not just with me but i feel like i when i usually when i read this i don't have a context for it i don't mm-hmm. i don't i feel like i don't know exactly what it's saying unless i'm like looking out at someone else mm-hmm. but when i just read this i just thought about this what does that look like for me if i were to rejoice about something about injustice right and that's just what came to my
1: mind i know it's hard to think about that without thinking of like grand like i don't know like crazy injustices in the world or something obviously right. you're not yeah. gonna rejoice at like genocide or something like that yeah yeah but yeah. I think like when somebody maybe even gets ahead by i don't know false means or something like that mm-hmm. but rejoices when when like when justice is actually done like when some someone does something truthfully you right know i mean when yeah. they do something honestly um and and maybe that could even be like living like a person that lives in integrity or living in integrity, like you said, like rejoicing when the truth even wins out in our own lives, when it overcomes maybe the self-deception that we have in our own selves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think think it could mean that. I mean, I probably gotta think about that a little bit more, but, and then love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So it, it never gives up on people, never counts people out, right no one's a lost cause right people always have there's always room for redemption for somebody right no one's too far gone right uh it never gives up never loses faith um what does that look like to you Daryl never loses faith it looks like
0: what you were just saying with holding on mm-hmm. you know recognizing that uh i don't know all things <laughs> right <laughs> you know it's like even when I feel like it's over, it doesn't mean it's over, because mm-hmm. I don't know what could happen, and mm-hmm. and it's the the willingness to stay, the willingness to stand even whenever it's difficult, the willingness right. to to stay consistent and faithful and and right. lean in when it's hard and and whenever things seem like they're slipping away or when it's difficult or uncomfortable or I just I feel like I just don't want to be there in the situation or with the person or whatever right. you know it's it's being there, right. not giving up, not losing hope. Not losing faith, mm-hmm. always being hopeful and enduring through every circumstance.
1: Yeah, and then love is hopeful. It doesn't get cynical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't get bitter. Doesn't. You know. I would say maybe even it doesn't see the glass half empty. You know, like, and I'm right. not just talking about like you know pure optimism or something like that or blind optimism, right? But but it doesn't see life through this like this dim lens, right? It's it's hopeful about. About what's coming, about what is possible, about you know what God's doing—it's hopeful about those things. And I love how it endures through every circumstance, right? So you have like kind of seems like characteristic traits, like maybe like you know it's patient, it's kind, which are things ways that we act. But then you have like almost love is also like this powerful force that allows us to get through situations. Like love endures, you know, (laughs) like it's it's not broken, which which again kind of gives a. A little nudge towards like those. Well, I just you know I'm just falling out of love. You know what I mean? Or I'm just. It's like well, like actual love endures through through every circumstance for another for another individual. Again, there's exceptions like you know people getting beat and stuff like that. We're not talking about that, right? But it endures. It endures through hard times. It endures through all of those circumstances. uh, Relational uh, dis not discord disunity or. What's that word? I don't know. Uh, no, dissension. Dis- dissension. That's what I was okay. looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relational dissension, right? So all of these things give us an idea, I think, a pretty clear. And and there's tons more where it says, like, love operates this way. Like Daryl mentioned one, love covers, um, you know, a multitude uh, of sins, right? Um, um, all those different types of things. So this is all throughout Scripture about what love actually tangibly looks like. And so how do we return our love to god right after we recognize that it's been revealed in jesus we receive it right we return it to god by starting to operate in these in these qualities and again, it's it's about overflow, right? It's about bubbling up with the love, uh, the goodness, the mercy of Jesus, right? The love of God. And those things overflow into patience for other people because God's been patient to us. We love because he first loved us, right? So it's all coming from there. God, you know, um, you know being kind to others because God's been kind to us, right? And, not, you know. Uh, not not being jealous because God loves them just as much as he loves us, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not like being envious of what somebody else, not being boastful because everything I had, it, it comes from God anyway. So you can go through yeah. all of these and see how God has been this way to us because if God is love, then you can replace God in all of those God things, right? So, yeah, yeah. so God is patient and God is kind and God's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He doesn't demand on his own way. It's like all of those are, that's who God is, right? And so these are characteristics that line up with God being love. And when we recognize that, we receive that, we return that to God by loving people. And then our, our lives just, they change, you know, when we truly get a revelation of this, our lives change.
0: Yeah. I think that the next, after we read this with recognizing this is who God is, that like first John said, if you, uh, yeah, John said in, the, in his, in his uh, epistle, first John, but God is love. And he said, those who love, or live in love, live in God, right? right? You live in God, you live in love. And if we can go through this and say that all these things about ourselves, right? right? Because that's ultimately what Paul is telling the Corinthians to do. Like, mm-hmm. you should be like this. Like, so to go in here and think and, and read, I am patient right. and kind. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Right. I do not demand my own way. You know, and it <laughs> could feel like we're trying to convince ourselves of those things. And, it probably and is. We probably at first. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We probably are. But if it's something that we can do uh, and repeat and repeat and repeat, and if it's too hard and it feels too distant to say, I am patient. Then at least say I can be patient, right? (laughs) You know, because it's possible. And if it feels like it's impossible, start with with recognizing the possibility of it being there, right?
1: That'll at least give you an awareness. Of when you're not being patient you know what i mean like yeah. like reading some things like that and saying i can be patient you know or i am patient right it's like when those moments when you're like start squeezing your hands and you're like starting to get impatient in the drive-through line you know or you're starting to get impatient at the dmv or you're starting to get impatient with your wife your husband whatever it's like huh, i'm patient like i want to love so i'm going to be mm-hmm. patient right I'm patient or when those you know those start those impulses come up to like spew a bunch of garbage on somebody right it's like i'm kind i'm kind because god is kind you know mm-hmm. god is kind and he loves me and he's loved me with that kind of love and i want to receive that love right yeah. i have to do that so many times a day you know right it's reminding yourself right of, of who you are yeah what you are. yeah you got to remind yourself it. And, it, and it always feels like again you know talking about C.S. Lewis. I just been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis, right? He says like the sanctification in other words like growing into the likeness of God, right? It, it's like uh it's like play and pretend. That's what he says. He says <laughs> that's he, awesome. it, it's it's he literally has a whole chapter called play and pretend in Mere Christianity, right? And so that's often what it is. Is like it's like you're putting these things on like when you play pretend as a kid, you know you could put on like a a doctor's uniform and and you're not really a doctor and you're playing the part of a doctor and you look like an idiot, right? <laughs> but but you're playing pretend, right? And then but you start to become, he says, you start to become what you pretend to be, like anything mm, that you're mm-hmm. like we often become what we pretend to be, you know what I mean? So right. if like you're pretending to be like other people, you're gonna pre- you're actually gonna become like that, you right? You will become that. You'll mm-hmm. eventually become, you know, even those things that you're pretending to be that you don't want to be, you'll end up becoming in that you know around around the right community for sure yeah oh right? for sure yeah so so sometimes it feels like that it feels like well isn't that disingenuous? it's like i feel like i don't have this love in me or how could i ever respond to this or like i'm definitely not patient like i'm definitely not kind i've been i was rude today it's like obviously you know <laughs> that, not obviously sorry <laughs> obviously you're an idiot Whoa, no aaron you don't have <laughs> a lot of hope for these people yeah I know. <laughs> no oh god I'm so bad um no like that's that's natural right but we're playing pretend right and and we become what we pretend to be you know so so we're learning that we're having grace and if god loved us while we were yet sinners and even before i cared to even live this way right he's gonna love me all the way when i do care about living that way right right? so like he still loved me like crazy and his love didn't change when i literally didn't care about being patient and kind at all so now that i'm trying all the more, I think he's probably chilling with me. So, you yeah. know what I mean? He has grace with the, with us on that journey.
0: Yes, and he's with us. And so yeah. as we see the love of God and recognize the love of God more and more
1: mm-hmm. and uh, for
0: what it's revealed to be, and we receive that love, and we start returning the love, embodying that love. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it, man. You return it,
1: you embody it, you live it out.
0: Live it out. Yeah.
1: And you, you go on the journey of pretending. And the journey of pretending. Pretend to be. Pretend to <laughs> yeah. be. A good pretend. A good pretend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's it. Biblical love, an overview. We hope that you that you learned Um, something, uh, beautiful. I know that we're learning and we're growing in it and we're not Mm -hmm. perfect in it, but I hope that this inspires you to, to love more, to love better, to jump even in the word, see what the Bible actually has to say about love, to, to break off those limits on our own love, those broken views of love so that we can receive, uh, the love of God and then to return the crazy love, unconditional, wild, buku, other superlatives love that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but follow us as well. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify also Instagram. follow us because we love you guys. But it's only so that you'll follow us, right? Um, because we're we still do. St- on that yeah, part. we're still working on the whole need love <laughs> thing. So please follow us because we're desperate. <laughs> Uh, for all of your follows on Instagram and on YouTube and on Spotify and iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to see you guys so that you guys make sure you get all those updates and uh, when we come up with a new episode. But we'll be back soon with another episode of Your Brain on God. God. Um, And we'll be finishing off our love series, talking about the psychological perspective of love. Mm -hmm. But you guys are amazing. Have an amazing week, two weeks wherever you are we love, love you we love you guys love love love